The world is like a ride at an amusement park. I want freedom! That's what I want! And that's what you should want! We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. That's one small step for man. You are not machines! You are not cattle! You are men! You're listening to... Mission Control. Okay, welcome to a... A special edition of the Mission Control podcast. Uh, I'm Johnny G and Darrell. <laughs> Darrell to your left. Darrell Sunday. Pleasure to be here in your sex dungeon. Mm, good, yeah, yeah. Now that's, that's below us. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you thought about the foliage situation as well. Yes, I gave it some uh, extra water over the week. Just Brilliant. to get the dust off it. Um, so, some people don't know. We've, we've actually recorded in this space before um, on these couches. I think we did a couple of seasons here. Um, so, if this does look familiar, that's probably why. But there's a lot of locations within this one, um, I guess, apartment. Yes. People we, don't know this is actually an apartment. Yeah. So, I try, to, I try to keep it... I like the illusion that we're in some sort of elusive studio, but I also sit down and have my dinner just like just there and there's a TV right mm. there and Nick's on my computer. So, but yes, we. this is uh, essentially the other side of the room where we did start doing a bunch of episodes. Sorry, yeah, my yeah. bad. I put my phone on silent. No, that's all good. Um, um, yeah. But, but if people noticed before, so if yeah. people listening, um, you should actually be watching um, because... <laughs> Trust me, it's not that interesting, but yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm actually sitting in your seat now, and you're sitting in my seat. We've we've swapped. What's it like to tables. be? What's it like to be Asian? <laughs> other side of the. Uh, that was going to be my question for you later on. So other now side of the. Um, yeah. No, well, I mean, it's it's different for me because I always sit here. I see yeah, it all yeah, the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's uh. At, at, how, that's what I was going to Daryl, how are you doing? Good. Very good. What would you like to know? That's a very broad question. I'm doing very, <laughs> I'm doing very well. Well, you're wearing a, a collared shirt. You look like you've just come from work. Uh, yeah. I think um, I, it's come full circle and I've come to the realisation that I'm, I'm becoming my dad. I'm literally becoming my dad. Well, it, it happens like around 35, 40, right? We turn into our dads. I even read like genetically we are literally made of almost half and half mum and dad within our psyche and then as we get older it actually unfolds and we become more cemented in our mum or dad's ways but uh it's bizarre man i catch myself um becoming more and more you, like my dad but you, you, like, you notice know. that you start picking up mannerisms that you've noticed that your dad does and you're like yes you find yourself doing it, you're like fuck <laughs> yes yes i'm like no i don't wanna, i don't want to become him no <laughs> No, no, I've got a no, I've got a weird uh, idea. I'll admit I'm exactly the same. I felt exactly the same. Not not coming your dad, becoming my own dad. Um, it just <laughs> no, just yeah, but noticing like there's things and you you're sitting there, it's like oh shit, that's the sort of thing my dad would do. Yeah, like, uh. yeah. But that that idea on the um the the I was reading something similar about the chromosomes. The there's 46 chromosomes in the human DNA, 23 from your mum, 23 from your dad. Yeah. In the case of um. Uh, the transgender is like what forty eight because you suddenly now got two of the same gender chromosomes. I don't know. I was trying to make. It oh, I was trying to do bam, a bit. Bam. There. Um, <laughs> I 
Um, no. But yeah, yeah. So actually, we are made Smooth. up. Smooth. You just kept going there. Yeah. We made up of the DNA from our from our parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I suppose yes does it unfolds on a psychological level mm-hmm. as well as on a physical level as well. That's how you start seeing people yeah. looking the way. But in terms of yeah actions, I believe yeah definitely uh, style even. You know, I find that you find yourself dressing a certain way, um, or even styling your hair a certain way that your your dad used to, or your mum, or whatever. Yeah, really weird and Just really freaky. Yeah. If you ever catch me wearing a collared shirt tucked into blue jeans, please shoot me. <laughs> Why? Just, just shoot me. Do you not like the look, or, or for you? For you, it doesn't work, for or you me, don't like for me. I couldn't. Oh, right, right. I couldn't. Couldn't. Nah. Oh, I'll happily put you out of your misery. Yeah, no, no. Um, but no, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's, everyone's. Um, I just find now, like, I've done. I feel like I've ex- exhausted all the rock and rollness a little bit, and now, strangely enough, um, rock and roll now is being clean, which is. Sorry, I'm just trying to turn it. No, that's good. Down a little bit. Um, it's it's strange that we've come full circle. That now. Um, you know, to to be rebellious now is actually to be clean. It's weird. Um, now that that may be subjective, but um, for me anyway, what is the challenge? Well, the challenge wasn't to be edgy anymore. The challenge was actually to be completely different to that, and actually to learn a whole other side of myself that I missed out on, which was actually you know being dis- disciplined. I say disciplined as I'm literally drinking whiskey, <laughs> but. It is my first drink in like, you know, three, four weeks. But, but um, you know, yeah, I think now where is the challenge for me? It's being clean and um, thinking positive. Like I've done my bit in the opposite en- end of the spectrum, I feel. And I feel like now it's just naturally happening that I, yeah, I feel, feel different. I feel better. Anyway, but we have had, let's move on. We've had like a lot of memories in this corner um i don't know why but the first thing i can think of is me cowering in that very corner while adam thorne practically threw a snake in my face that he was he was convinced wouldn't bite me but it had been in the bag all day so i was like i don't know about (laughs) now uh so he's adam thorne's actually got a, a show called um kings of pain on i believe it's the history channel. Is it the history or National Geographic channel? History, history channel? channel. History channel. History channel, yeah. Um, and I think it's in its second season, but that was one of those trippy moments because we've known Adam for a while through gigs and stuff. And um, when he got his show, we were so happy for him because he, he's been working so hard independently with his own crew, with his own money for a long time. But that was one of the freakiest moments. And I feel like a little bitch because I look back at that clip and I'm kind of like, what a little fucking... Like shrieking? Like shrieking. Homo. But that, that's the thing, so like I didn't even know that there was... I knew he had this bag <laughs> yeah. on the ground. I didn't. I thought it was just like, you know, a bag. You didn't see it wriggling? Yeah, no, I didn't see it. Well, no. Not from, from where I was sitting on the other side of the, the table. Remember, there was a coffee table in the middle there. Yeah. And I had... Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing you know, he pulls out this snake and he's holding, dangling this snake <laughs> over us. And yeah, it didn't. It took a bite of the camera. <laughs> it, it went for the camera. It actually nipped at the camera. <laughs> I think it tried to nip at me once, but I, I don't know if it had fangs or not. But oh, it bit Adam. I'm pretty sure it bit Adam. Oh yes, it, it actually did. Yeah, yeah, he started bleeding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a that was. Um, 
I, I want to. We got to get Adam back on. I'd love to see bring him. I would some love to. In. Love to have Adam back on, but yeah. When, when we roll through our catalog, we've done a lot. We've done a lot. We've had. A, we really, honestly, do have a wide variety as well. It's not like we stuck to one group. Well, I think we diversified as much as we could with yeah. comedians, people that just had stuff to say, all the way down to just a friend, all the way down to someone that might be touring as a musician we've, around we've, Australia. Yeah, we've had guests, that, yeah, from ranging from musicians to comedians to just wild, uh, just I don't know. We we even funds people. <laughs> um, who do we have? I remember that we did a when I was um, doing a tour. Bye. So, yeah. um, uh, our producer's just uh, walked out on us. He's had enough of us. This is the only show where <laughs> the assistant producer decides to leave right in the middle of it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was just—I was thinking back to just <laughs> you know, uh, a few a few guests that we've pulled up. I remember I when I was um, doing a Southwest tour down in Bunbury. Yeah. I walked along and I I saw this artwork on just painted on the walls and I was like, wow, this is like some great artwork and started seeing all over the place. These sort of like um uh creature type paintings. And I saw the artist's name down the bottom and I went and had a look, tried to find the artist, found them, Haley Welsh. Haley Welsh. And got her down on the podcast. And that was a great episode. Awesome uh, episode, yeah. At, at the yeah. hen house as well. Mm-hmm. And who else have we done? We've done we a lot someone of someone from like that space to co we had um, Space to Co, that's right. We had those guys on, or, yeah, one of the guys from there. Um, and they're still going, believe it or not. There's a lot of bands and people and companies that have come through that are still going. Um, Whippersnapper, we had Tim Hoskins from Whippersnapper. He's moved on to other things, but mm. they're a great local brand uh, of whiskey, and I think they do gin as well. But they, I think they brought out some liqueur. Okay. Like a coffee liqueur as well. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, Whippersnappers, shout out, they're doing really well. Um, a real big one that I was really proud of was the fact that we got Ben Young in here for an episode. Uh, I don't think it was here, actually, it was very early. No, that, that, I think it was back at your place. That was back at, mm, wow, early, early, early days. days that's before video. That's right, before we even had video, we actually had um, Ben Young, who went on to direct amazing films. I think we went to his um, premiere of Hounds of Love. Mm-hmm. And that was just a really scary, thrilling Australian, um, based on a true story, Australian um, thriller, I guess. Yeah, like a horror horror thriller. Wasn't it the Kubelup murders or something Mm. from back in the 80s, 70s, 80s? You know, Australia has a lot of murdery weirdness that I think gets brushed under the rug, but is equally... Because we get kind of saturated in American media. I know I fall into that trap a bit. We have such great and amazing stories here that we should investigate more, I think, I in the future. Great, but yes, we have some stories. I mean, okay, yeah, not, not <laughs> great in the sense of the... <laughs> don't, don't romanticize um, serial killers. But you know what I mean. Interesting, I guess. Yes, um, yeah. Or real heavy... Uh, of things that have happened in Australia, I think obviously the we right here in Claremont, mm-hmm. like still, that's a bit. Um, I guess they they have new information. It seems every couple of years, but I well, think um, they've come to a conclusion now. I'm not too sure, but I haven't been following it. But. Just 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 elaborate on what you're talking about. 
Yeah. Uh, for, for, for people that listen that don't know exactly what you yes, mean but by I, or Claremont? By, but I also don't know that much. But yeah, there were a series of I, murders. I, I can, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Run, hell yeah. I'll if you want to down Because I remember as a kid, we were like, our parents wouldn't let us go to Claremont because of the serial killer. Wow. There was a fucking serial killer in Claremont. Um, now, this is back in the early early 90s, I think like 92 to 1996 type time. Um, so, like Claremont was, is just down the road from where where I used to live, where, where I grew up. And, you know, a, a girl went missing and then not long after another girl went missing. I think there was a total of three girls went missing. And it became, yeah, this massive manhunt serial killer type thing and... Like twenty something years later, they finally caught this guy. They they were able to track down some DNA from like a murder years prior to the whole Claremont thing, and they tracked him down. And yeah, he fucking went to prison. Yeah, fucking the Claremont serial killer. So it's pretty much case closed. Kind of. He pretty much. Well, they caught the guy. <laughs> Well, yes and no. I so, mean, well, are there people that are skeptical? That- I would say that there is a conspiracy behind uh, the Claremont serial killer. Okay. Yeah, oh. and this, yeah, this is early in the days, and um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to. I mean, the Claremont serial killer is one of the biggest podcasts in Perth. If you want to listen to it, um, but yeah, the 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 story from what I remember hearing was that the person responsible kind of had some. Uh, uh, what is it like? Uh, immunity of some kind, like right. they, they legal immunity. Yeah, some sort of legal political immunity, and that was kind of like brushed under the rug. And they were like, "No, it's a taxi driver." Uh, it turned out apparently the guy used to work for Telstra. That's how the whole thing worked. He was, was he worked right. for Telstra or something. But I always remember as a young kid that there was some brief talk about someone that had some sort of immunity and was able to leave the country. And I remember up around, this is up around um, just near Claremont MLC. We're driving past and the cops are out the front of this house, you know, doing the whole pushing the rod into the ground, looking for buried bodies. And I still, I know exactly where the house wow. is. And I can't remember who lived in that, who the house belonged to. But yes, there was, I mean, yeah. On on the on the top level mainstream, yes, it's a case closed. This is the guy. It's all done. Right. DNA, good, mm. whatever. I mean, they, but, I, I I've even heard some people don't think it, it's necessarily one person. It could have been like a group or some weird thing yes, happening. That's right? kind of that's kind yeah, of yeah. the gist. Is that there's more than just this one person involved. Some people say yes, he was involved. Some people say he was a patsy. Right, but again, it's that's gonna it's it's gonna end up being a fucking JFK thing again. No one's ever gonna know. Of the course, truth. yeah, 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 yeah. And then pretty soon it'll get its own Netflix series. <laughs> yeah, probably, I'm surprised yeah, it hasn't yeah, already, yeah. but yeah, um, probably not big enough for that. But yeah, interesting yeah, area, just, uh, just down the road here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I live near there now, um, in Frio. But yeah, crazy. Uh, but Australia's got a lot of a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff that's overlooked. Um, but um, who else have we had on? And the reason I got into all that was, yeah, through the House of Love. That 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 was Ben Young's movie, which showcased a real incident where a guy kidnapped a girl and practically like tortured her over a series of perhaps weeks or I don't know how long it was, but he basically kept her alive and imprisoned in a house. Mm. 
which is crazy. And um, I do believe there's like the equivalent of that in other cases as well, you know, where people get kidnapped and some of them like 10 years, a decade being kept alive in a dungeon and from, imagine that, man. Mm. Imagine wake like, but how, it just, it, it fascinates me how someone can be so close, like next door and there could be someone just trapped there. You never know. You would never know. Or like underground or like below you. There could be some weird shit happening right next to you. And you, yeah, you haven't been to my laundry lately, have you? <laughs> you know that feeling? You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. A few feet away, there could be someone that needs help. And I wouldn't know. Yeah. Or especially if you uh, live in the apartment blocks where there's a lot of traffic and energy. Like some shit could be happening. We don't know. It's a little thin wall. Well, it could be someone yeah, getting murdered there. Especially you know? in, in this building where there's. 47 apartments in this building. It's a huge building. Yeah, there's, a, there's all kinds of shit happening. <laughs> all kinds of shit happening. This is like an old radio station building as well, for people that don't know, in the 19 1900s. I think built in 18-something. 1890 And then like in the early 19-somethings, wherever it became a radio station. This is a really, really old building, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, the heritage-listed heritage listed building. Mm. Um... Yeah. But yeah. Lot of guests. Lot of guests. Um Jared Seng I had on as well in the early days. He's gone on to do a lot of good good stuff. There's a lot of people Was that, that Jared Seng or Steve Aoki. I can <laughs> never tell. All Asians look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a viral Steve Aoki thing that happened. Um Jared Seng, who's a, a great great photographer, um, from Perth, he does look strikingly like Steve Aoki. Now, you did say all Asians look the same, but in this particular case, he does kind of look. Uh, cl- I mean, it's right though. All Asians have that same facial hair, right? That Bobby Lee, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi facial hair. But um, yeah, he he came out. I think it was Park Life where Steve Aoki was playing, or one of those uh, one of those. DJ festivals mm. and Jared Seng dressed up as Steve Aoki and walked through the crowd. <laughs> right. And this is when Steve Aoki was headlining. Um, and everyone got a picture with him. <laughs> there were cues forming, like, people were. He was obviously he wanted that as he was walking through the crowd, but so much so that the actual Steve Aoki came out and just had to acknowledge it. And then they both took a photo together and it was the funniest thing ever. But <laughs> yeah, that's good. my goodness, yeah, I I do miss those days of just walking into a festival and not knowing what would happen. Do, do you miss the festival days? Yes, but I think it. I think there's a glossy way that I'm remembering it. But if I were to be there now, I'd probably be like, "Oh, it's not that. Wasn't that great?" I think it's because we were young and like, "Oh my god!" Like, what would happen that day? It's a mystery. Like mm. that sort of what could happen, anything could happen. But I think that I'm too jaded for that now. Yeah? Well, the, I was really, <laughs> for, so for me, I always had a different perspective of festivals because I was always working. I was always out the back. I was yeah. backstage, behind the stages, on the stages. Mm. Never really a punter so to speak. So, I always... I always went, I went to every show on a high horse. You know, I had a big fucking white horse riding into the fucking backstage of uh, Big Day Out and Soundwave. Um, yeah. Nah. But you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've... My memory of all these festivals has a very different perspective. 
to think of being just going there and paying, you know, what, how many hundreds of dollars mm. to go stand out in the sun to watch a yep. bunch of bands. I'm like, fuck no. I mean, I couldn't even imagine doing that when I was younger. <laughs> well, actually, I did every now and then. You've but, been um... spoiled in a way, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt as well, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> a, it's the douchiest thing to say, though. Oh, my God. I feel too good. But it's true. Like, if I pay 150 bucks, I don't want to have to then queue up for a drink and then queue up to piss, queue up for a snack, like, and then pay triple the price and then maybe get to see the band in time, maybe see them at a distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that so, stuff is insane especially to me. if it's outdoors and like mm. they're playing and the winds like dragging the sound from one side, yeah, and then to the other side, <laughs> you might catch a few notes. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's especially festivals now when you look at even just a show, even you look yeah. at the cost, and I'm like, no. Even like, we actually have jobs now. We actually ma- have money. <laughs> we can afford. Tickets now? Isn't that weird? Now, and now I'm like, I'm not paying for that. I know we can afford shit now, and I'm like, no, I'm not going back there. <laughs> That's a weird thing. Uh, but no, it was yeah. I mean, because there was a period where, like, we were we were in bands and playing shows every week, and when summer came around, we just knew there was that tingly feeling, like we knew magic was about to happen. Oh shit! You know, oh, some yeah. times were going to pop off, but um. I really don't want to come across as negative, but you know, you just you, you grow up a bit. You the the shine wears off, and you try and find it in other areas. And now I'm finding it still in other areas. Yeah. I don't want to sound like oh, life isn't good anymore. No, no, no. It's like no, we we're still finding that now, but in other areas. Well, yeah, I've, we've I've, done that bit. Yes, you know? I think I think we yeah. are, but also at the same time, the energy of the festival era that we knew. Oh, and I'm talking about I'm talking like big day out, sound waves, mm-hmm. um Yeah, the park lives, the, the stereosonics, the, the, the big yeah. yeah. And ev- ev- anyone that knows or comes from the, the, the Perth or Australian festival mm-hmm. era knows what we're talking about. Like they know when there was like a lineup of twenty of like the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. And yeah. all just coming to like your city. You're like you, I, I just got I got chills. I got frizzed just then thinking, like remembering those times where you'd get the the big day out posters and you'd see the lineups and you'd be like, oh fuck. Yeah. And then it got to a point where Perth just got dropped off, and the festival festivals yeah. would still happen in the east coast, and Perth was just not part of it. And then all of a sudden, it was gone. The, the whole yeah. the festival thing was it it just died. It went dead. And then slowly, these little kind of festivals came back every now and then. Mm. I mean, I think there's still Southbound. There's still those, but there's this weird Truman Show vibe about it where it feels too squeaky clean, too sponsored by this government and this mining corporation. Mm. And then everything is watered The lineup has to fit a certain... Yeah, uh, yeah. What's the term? Uh, like a certain niche, like a certain yeah demographic, a certain yes. style, a certain age bracket. Yeah, which exactly. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. Man, I don't know if it's just me or that just doesn't feel for that kind of invite or that kind of niche, as you put it. Yeah, but the it just does not feel like that kind of energy exists anymore in 
whatever festival scene exists. Yeah, and I think part of that is almost like this feeling like the mystery and that magic has gone because I think people have... And th- and th- this could be one of many reasons. I don't want to get too deep and philosophical, but I, I do feel like people's... People have been so dopamine blasted maybe by tech and social media that now the the magic of just being at a festival and being in the moment is kind of gone. Like people are, are really, I noticed this whole influx of people going to festivals so they can take photos of themselves. <laughs> and like, and that was already beginning to be a thing, like as we were still in bands. But now I think we're, we've seen like the, the worst spectrum of that now where it's all about models and what out- outfit you're wearing and what you're drinking. Um, as opposed to, but then that sounds fucking sh- old and, you know, like, it's not about the music anymore, man. But is it just we're getting older and we're just, there's that element to no, it. No, I, think, I yeah. think what it is, because you think, okay, think back to the times when we'd go to, say, the Amplifier and we'd see live bands play. We'd go to Amplifier, Rosemount, and we'd yeah. see actual bands play, people with instruments that would spend, you know, at hours before doing sound checks and loading all that shit in. At the same time that was happening, places like Metro Cities was going on, uh, Capital, um, nightclubs were happening Mm. where people would stand on a stage and just play some sort of background music. The the people in the crowd didn't really pay attention to. It was more just background noise for them to get fucking smashed and do the same thing, take selfies, hang out, try and hook up with the nearest drunk person. What's happened now, the way I see it, what I feel and what I sort of seem to notice going on is that that kind of environment still exists. It still happens. I found myself going over to Magnet House on a Wednesday night just for something to do on a Wednesday. And it's that environment where it's a DJ up on stage blasting fucking loud music that no one really cares about. Mm. But everyone's just getting smashed and drinking. I'm like... So that environment still exists, but this live music of bands that are sweating their asses off trying to play music that they've spent months, years writing, perfecting, it doesn't that's almost gone. Yeah. If you it's just not as prominent as it used to be. I, I wouldn't say it's gone, but the, something something has changed and I'm I'm confident and I'm trying to be objective enough to not, you know, be in my own head about it. And it's actually me that's changing. But I really do feel like something has changed. Some magic, some little spark has kind of been snuffed out a little bit. And it's hard to say that because I do not want to shit on bands actually doing good shit now. That are like, hey, dickhead, we've been doing, we've been packing out shows this whole time. Yes, there are those bands, and we know a lot of them now. Shout out Voyager Eurovision, um, all the way to Amsterdam. I think they're going to. Are they playing I mean, some show in Spain, Spain now? Spain aren't they? Or right, something in Spain Jesus right now? Jesus Christ! <laughs> and the uh, business class upgrade. You guys are fucking motherfuckers. Mm. Um, but um, and we know those people. So there are. It's strange. There are people still killing it, and there are people in our peer group that are. Still touring and selling out every show, so there's that weirdness going on. But yeah, when I look at these new cats, like the up and coming, that dirty punk rock and roll shitty gig at the Heidi, 
type scene, I can't find that anymore. I don't know where that is. Okay. Maybe it's there somewhere. Okay. In yes, a different, it is. In a different form. It is. It is. No, it is. Okay. So, okay. this is the other thing. It's like, yes, that it does exist. I found myself um, at one of those shitty, it was a bowls club punk night at a bowling club. <laughs> and it was literally like, it felt like old Hyde Park Hotel where the band is just on the floor with people around just fucking getting into it. I was like, mm. holy fuck, this, that's probably what you've been looking for. Probably. But I have no idea where it came from. I have no idea how I got there. Well, they... <laughs> but it was and they, 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 prob- they probably look punk and roll till they tell you their pronouns. No, no, no. These, and then these, you're... No, these, these guys, this was fucking punk rock. But that's what I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. very few and far between. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon or whatever they call it, like an old bag and say, oh, that doesn't exist anymore. Where's the rock and roll? But um, obviously, it's still out there. Just things are changing, I think. Maybe you have to <laughs> dig a little deeper to find it, but I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was gonna keep talking. Can I? Can I get a? I'm gonna get another shot. Yeah, because I, I never. What? What? Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I was. Gonna, I was gonna can... start ripping on some bands. No, <laughs> uh, you gonna start? Yeah, better not. Uh, it literally says right there: do not rip on bands. No, but no. Um, like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard having a podcast, guys, because I, <laughs> I'm trying to appear loving and open to everything, but sometimes well, no, okay, it, no, okay. it, it sounds like I'm being negative about certain this... things. But no, I, I, it's just things are changing and maybe we're changing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you going to go? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, while you do that, I'm going to give the I'll be audience... Like half half a second. I'll give the audience a thing. Like this, we've we decided that this kind of format of the podcast is going to be a bit more informal and personal, I guess, as opposed yeah. to our normal... Deep diving, informative guests, or trying to be informative, or trying yeah. to be informative, or <laughs> trying to inform ourselves. But yeah, you know, I think yeah, yeah. Because I think sometimes people want to connect as to who we are as just people talking, and not so much our opinion. On I'm it, still trying know. to connect to you as, as a person of, of, of when you're talking. Who are you, <laughs> James? Was it James Goodman? <laughs> but no, I think a lot of people have us. You know me, even in person, they're like. Um, Oh, we sometimes we want. I think Mikey, our friend Mikey, said, "Hey, we want to hear about you guys as people, not just um, what you think about issues, because everyone can just blabber that off." But um, well, but, um, do you do you feel that this is this is something um I was actually talking to uh, my parents about? Shout out um that when when we were younger, I assume that your parents would be the same. Where you had photo albums, yeah. Where you'd have a whole bunch of photos that your parents or family had taken that got printed out and you put into an album where you've got a, co- a collection of memories that you that you have a collection of that you go through. Yep. And I was saying that how things like Instagram, uh, what's that, that photo bucket, or those, any sort of photo uploading mm. type Like thing. Flickr and all those Flickr and all that sort album-based of stuff, ones. Is... A modern day photo album for, I suppose, our generation, and the fact that we have devices that allow us to take fucking five hundred photos in half a fucking second, half a minute, whatever, you know, that we just suddenly have so many photos. But essentially, we are doing the same thing by, yeah. I suppose, not immortalizing memories, but you know, having these moments in a format that we can go back. And reflect on. Yeah, the format's updated, but the sentimentality of why you're doing it is still there. Mm. And that's all. It comes down to the fact that we want to remember shit. Mm. 
yeah. then but then the 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 discussion went when you've got you know twenty photos of the same thing, mm. and you end up with you know three hard drives full of photos, or you yeah your phone's full of memory because Ooh, you forgot yeah. that. At what point, and whenever do you go back and look at the photos, or or yeah, you know, how many how many people actually go back and look through their photos, and how many people just keep accumulating these photos that they've taken, and almost as everywhere they go, they need to take a photo of something. Well, to answer your question, do do I ever go back at those photos? Yeah, when I'm drunk and crying, <laughs> I will sometimes reminisce on those photos when I was much more handsomer in my halcyon days. Um, but no, I, I think, yeah, I, I sometimes do catch myself flicking through. But yeah, in terms of the volume that you're taking, like, you're right, right now we'll have 20 pics of the same shoe because we were trying to decide whether we were going to buy that or not. And yeah, we're, we're not, because of this, the sheer amount of data that we're now saving and collecting and hoarding, Maybe it's less special because we have 500 photos now. Like, I'll have entire years catalogued on phones. You ever have that? Like, 2001 iPhone. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 2020 <laughs> BlackBerry or whatever. Like, and BlackBerry 2020. Who the fuck has a BlackBerry in 2020? <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah. But I do go through them. But, yeah, I, I guess the the idea of it is all coming from the same place. We all want to catalog memories and revisit them. Sometimes, you know. Is, yeah. Do you have a certain point that you reflect back on and look at images and go, that was a good time for you? Or or not, okay. I, I'd, I like to assume that you and I both think that right now is the best moment that we have. Like, we are our best selves right now. Okay. But is there a point, can you look back or sort of identify a time where you go, that was the best time? Or you that you felt the best that you were? Opposed to now, um, I'm sure if I thought hard enough, I could probably find some. Yeah, off the top of my head, though. Yeah, and strangely enough, do you know? Do you know what type of moments those are? It's not the moments where you know with finality what's happening. It was always those moments just before. Like I can picture moments like when my old band won like a Triple J Unearth to play somewhere. And at the time, that almost that um, innocence of being like, oh my God, we won something. That first time, before, before being bitter and jaded about the industry like I am now, um, before all of that, when, just, just in that happiness of, oh, we got a show. Let's play the show. It was that simple. You never thought about the money your health, all of these other facts. You never cared about what was happening on Twitter. It was just like, let's play the show. That was all that you think. That I do. I like the um, innocence and simplicity of those days where it was just, oh, you got a show. That's it. Remember that? Yes. You weren't concerned about anything. You weren't even. You you would throw your body against a brick wall and not care the do night before because you were like, I'm invincible. I got a show to play. Do I you remember when band comps. Thing. Band comps were a thing. Yes. And you play a band comp show and you'd feel like whole like you've just fucking made it. You what was the the what's the big one? The um next big the, thing? the Jack Daniels next big thing? Yeah. Type yeah. Thing? yeah, yeah, where yeah. I think you, yeah, you guys played that and I know 
A lot of One of my bands played a couple of those shows. But I remember the idea that, you know, you think playing that, those band comps, like shit, you've just, you've just shown everyone everything. Like you just, yeah. And they meant something. <laughs> they actually meant something. <laughs> <laughs> like it, what, not, what I meant is like it actually carried weight. Like you were like, oh shit, it's a band comp. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta actually do good. Um, yeah, I, I remember a lot of band comps. We entered a lot, I, and I think there was a, there was a, may have been a time where one of our bands actually got told not to enter because we were just entering too many times. It's like, <laughs> listen, guys, not you guys again. <laughs> you, you guys have lost three years in a row. You sure you want to go for a fourth? Like, uh, you might want to give this up. Yeah, but no, literally, we, there was a stage where I was entering every single band competition. Um, even do you remember like some of our early gigs? On like Shelley Foreshore for Rearview Mirror, like, oh, okay. like yeah, the, so the I, old Shelley days, I, right? I, this I, is I, like early two thousands. Mm, yeah, I've got, I've got a bit, I've got a bit. I was gonna see, see if we can play a game. How well do we know each other? Okay, um, I'm gonna name all the bands that you've played in. Shit, that's okay. this is actually this is okay. actually pretty good. Okay, okay, okay. Um, when I met you, you were playing in Rearview Mirror. Then I remember you going playing with Seraphim. Then Bing. with Michael and Sebastian and uh, 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 was husband after that or you're right. Miles, Vin- there was Miles Vincent. There now Miles yeah, Vincent, yeah, yeah, yeah. then husband. Yep. But husband was kind of Miles Vincent, just kind of just re-branded. like an extension. Yeah, 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 yeah. An evolution of um. um yeah. And then you were playing with Elise in. What was that band called? With Rob and... Um, there was one before that that I was going to bring up. Before but, that? Hey, wait, wait, what was yeah, that band with, going. with Elise and Rob? That was Fate? That was Fate. That, that was, was the Fate. latest band? Now, who was... who? What was before Fate? I actually don't think it was before Fate. It might have been before. But there were a couple in between. I had met Elise from Fate during a band called Trash Madonna. Trash Madonna with um uh Conrad with and Hayes. Conrad and Hayes, yes. who I actually met from Tafe Music. They were also doing Tafe Music at one stage. Um and I was always like, who the fuck are those two hella cool looking people? <laughs> um because they just look so so I, I yeah, I was like obsessed with how they dressed. They, they, they look, look they cool. look like rock stars. They look like they just walked out of fucking it, Los Angeles. Fucking yes, but it didn't look like oh, I just went to Hot Topic and bought some shit. No, yeah, that, it that, looked like, like genuine. Like that was just who they yes, were. It yes. looked like uh, I woke up in this. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm pretty I've sure written. Conrad did. <laughs> that was just them. Oh, uh, it was yes, yes, yes. Um, so th- there was that as well in between. Yeah, but yeah, that was pretty good. You got most of it. You missed out the professionals. Professionals, which yeah, is yeah. um. Just before um, Miles Vincent, so actually yeah, with the, Michael, I, there was like three iterations. That's what I mean. Yeah. So the, yeah. for, for me, in my my memory, the whole Miles Your Vincent memory? husband professional was kind of like a a wash. Now I don't know if that was just um, Michael uh, Paolino shout out um, in his kind of transition of his kind of music. But th- to, to me, those three bands kind of just felt like. An evolution of his musical journey. Yeah, it very much were, was. Yeah, you were part of. Yeah. It very much was him in different life stages, almost. Mm. So it was like the professionals. The we wore like um, real formal, almost like suits because we were really into Interpol, the band, and the Killers. I, I forgot, you know, the, I forgot, the big I forgot killer, your other band that you played in, Sweet Pity. 
Sweet pity. Oh, yeah, you were in there. For like that, one gig. Yeah, yeah. That was our tape, our that tape, was, tape days. Yeah. Um, what, which of those musical projects, let's call them, which was your favorite? Oh, shit. Now you're really asking questions. I'm going to do you and the sex, so you watch out, buddy. Um, favorite? My goodness. Okay, let's not say favorite. Which, which one did you have the best experiences with? Best experience? Jesus. No. Um, <laughs> which one did you make the most money out? <laughs> which one do you hate the most? No, they, they were all good in different ways. And I know that sounds cheesy, but every 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 band ma- marked a chapter, and I learned different things in different different ways. Yeah. Okay. So the best one. How about we go with like sound wise, like musically, which one did I enjoy the most? Okay. Playing live and shit. It was probably an iteration of Husband. I'm not sure you saw, but when Connor and Seb were in the band, mm-hmm. Connor yeah, Seb yeah, Michael. Yeah. yeah. That that. Um, four piece. I think there was a magic there that I had never felt before when we played at um, Amplifier. I think even Drew Goddard and a couple of guys from Carnival were at that show, um, and they were like, "Whoa, we haven't seen you guys go off like that before." And th- this was with Connor and Seb. I think there was some stuff in there that was so so almost. I feel kind of like bad in the way that more people didn't get to see that. Because I don't think we gigged in that format for very long before we got like Annika and other people into Husband. And then that's where we went to LA. I was going to say, yeah, that yeah. was that was the, the kind of the LA lineup. Yeah, with Connor that's right. And Serb, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there were, yeah, there was moments in that pocket that I think were just freaking amazing. Yeah, yep. I'm going to try to do you. <laughs> oh, shit. So I actually met Johnny um, at an Evanescence concert. And you re- I, you remember, I probably told this story a bunch of times, but they weren't actually letting you in because you had a huge bike chain. It wasn't just like a wallet chain, guys. This was like a thick bike. Like you would probably wrap it around a bulldog or a bin you didn't want to move in an alleyway. Like was, a big chain. It was my right? Zach Wild Bunnings chain, yeah. <laughs> like if you whip this at someone, you could probably KO them in one hit. Um, but they had an issue. They took your chain. So they actually confiscated it. Um, and he was, Johnny was super pissed off, but you were actually looking for a drummer at the time, but you had actually found Mikey, Mike Murphy, which is a close friend of ours that joined shortly after. Um, but I considered it. And I think Nick, our assistant producer, actually came up and said, hey, this dude Phoenix, as <laughs> you called yourself Phoenix, yeah, yeah, you yeah. had all the makeup on and everything, is actually looking for a drummer. And then you were like, hey, what's up? And then you actually gave me a flyer, I believe, mm-hmm. with Ghost yeah, of Andrew. I, I, went I met Nick before I met you. Yeah. At like a five-minute window because he literally went <laughs> yeah, like yeah. from the bar <laughs> from the bar, and then moved over to me and went like, have you met this guy Johnny? Like he's looking for a drummer. Wow, that's going back. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that. But that was our first time that we met so ghost of andrea was your first one um shit <laughs> <laughs> oh no um i can name the people that you played around <laughs> did you play with john Mazardis for a while yes in in a moment in a moment in yeah. a moment i still have the sticker on my car I, what, My old Hey and I Excel Still had an In the moment sticker mm, That yeah, was yeah. the Apathy is a crime Yeah yeah Apathy is a crime I still in don't the know moment. What that means 
But it was cool. It was a cool series of phrases that was really cool. Yeah. Um, there was one after that, wasn't there? <laughs> I'm trying to remember myself. <laughs> What's after that? Actually, um, you played in a couple of like covery sort of bands. No, Did that I? was recently. No, oh, oh, okay. you were doing a couple of tribute bands recently, but then after that, wait, you also had um, the one with um, what's his face that was also on the podcast. Oh shit, I'm blanking out and panicking. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you fail at this game. Oh my god. I was so confident going into it. Um but your latest your latest band, also a phrase. My latest band? Yeah. What was your latest one? Also a phrase. Yeah. Oh come on. The latest band you were in. Oh, all this filth? All this filth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. What, that's, that's Sorry, I a phrase, yeah, yeah. That's Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm failing miserably already. Um, but all this filth. There was a big gap in between that, you, though. You missed. You missed the big one before them. Okay, give me a hint, please, because I want to get. I want to kind of get it. There was a lot of blood involved. Maddie Trash and the Horrible. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, <laughs> Maddie Trash and the, that was. Um, you were in that for a while, right? Mm. A good four with, or five with, years with Sean. With Sean um, Ferrero. Did, did I say that right? For DJ Ferro Yolo. Who? Yep, DJ Ferro Yolo, who is also now in physical activity. Physical Please. activity. Well, you don't get out much, do you? you did you, I really you, say you, physical you activity? To, you need to see some more bands, Daryl. Physical release. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm thinking about working out. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with me? I've become a meathead. No, uh, physical. Yeah, release. So, we, I'm amazed at the musical history that we have that we don't reveal sometimes. Mm. I think a lot of wow. people forget how, yeah. I mean, not that we were, like, fucking, you know. No, like, that's, that's the thing. Super yeah, well, famous or Yeah, anything, we, we were but, never, but, like, big, no, we, big things. But yet we found our way... We found a way to weasel into these big things. <laughs> weasel? What do I want to put it? Fucking <laughs> weasel our way in. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think the way I like to, the way I see it is that I think we, in our own individual ways, and something that makes, brings us together is that we each had a passion and a drive for music and for what we were doing. Um, I think before um, Ghost of Andrea, I was uh, playing in a band, um, Dark Carnival, which was just like a That's shitty, right, shitty yeah. get-together type band. Um, and then within a moment, which was fun, but it was just too mathematical. It was too... It was dream theatre mixed with Opeth right. trying to be... And then they wanted me to be more... Very mathematical with the riffs. Okay. And I wanted to have fun. I didn't want to stand up on stage counting riffs. More technical, you mean? Yeah, like they're more... A bit more technical. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is not, not fun. Um, and then I think I went back and did, tried to do Ghost of Andrea, but then... So stylistically, which is your favourite? Musically, I guess. Well, I was going to say, like, the... It, it's always, it's always going to be Maddie Trash and the Horribles. Yeah. And I think not just because of music style, but I think just because of the what's the word to put uh, the camaraderie 
yeah. the 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 people, the other members of that band, Sean, Maddie Trash, Eden, wherever the fuck he is now, um, whoever plays drums. Um, you had Matt on drums as well. We had yeah, so Matty Trash first had Matt Basto, uh, who now plays with Injured Ninja. He's a phenomenal drummer, he's phenomenal, so and a super sweet person. Yeah, so I he was he was in guy. the band before I joined. So they were a band beforehand, mm. and I actually I I met Matty Trash on the Horribles at an in a moment gig, and I I walked out the back and there was these two guys covered in blood. Jimmy Scabs, that's right. Um, Jimmy Scabs and Matt Besto just covered in blood out the back. And mm. I was like, I I walk out of the back. I've got long dreadlocks, fucking high as balls. Like, what? The, who the fuck are these guys? Didn't realize that years later I'd end up joining that band. Um, but yeah, so Matt Besto was playing drums at the time as a very sort of punk rock band. And I think we just I joined it and it became a lot more metal. Mm. But I think the, the I was actually going to say how. The, the best thing about that band compared to the other bands that I played in is it didn't feel like you were going to work. I suppose with, with In A Moment and all this filth, going to rehearsals and writing songs with those guys felt like it was a job. Yep, yep. Whereas with Maddie Trash and the Horribles, it felt like you were just hanging out with mates. It just... It it was it, those those it was, guys were great. It was natural. It didn't ha- feel forced. As, it that's naturally exactly happened, I mean. yes, right? Yes. It's even worse when you try and force mm. that in. But it, it's amazing when um, it just magically happens that you all gel and uh, that in in terms of uh, that sort of thing, fate was a bit where we just all seemed to gel. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think we were all in a such a professional mindset that we were, had enough of all the bullshit, and we were just there to work, do the show, and it was a real um, just well-oiled machine. Everyone was mm. so good at what they did individually, even in fields that had nothing to do with the music, like booking and networking and all that. Like, everyone was just a gun at what they did, and I was just so... I almost felt, like, inadequate next to, <laughs> next to, like, to Mike and Robin and Elise and that, who were just so, so like with it all the time but i was i just felt very much like i was tagging along for the ride you know that feeling yeah, yeah Where, like yeah. You're, you're the baby tagging along with mum and dad and you're just like <laughs> along for the ride type of thing yeah while they actually did the hard work organizing stuff so um but i i, I kind of really do feel like i should have um let go and enjoyed myself more oh that's a bad regret to have when <laughs> isn't it like everything went well but you should have just enjoyed it more that's some that's some of the regret that I have sometimes of some of that music stuff is I wish I wasn't so hard on myself before and like trying to and like no one showed up to the gig and just beating myself up you know that there's a lot of self-loathing that comes with music right and I'm sure you've been there when people don't show up or you put money into something and the tickets aren't selling and there's a lot of stuff that people don't see which is like the real grueling side where it really plays on uh, you, but, but you know. Uh, but see, I the, my my take on all that sort of. I mean, I've definitely done shows or done things at shows that I regret. I mean, I I dropped pills on stage <laughs> trying to play. Maddie so- Trash? No, this uh, this was in a moment. Oh, and I totally forgot the guitar line. It was a bit where the where the song stops and it's the guitar. You know, where like the band goes silent and the guitars does like a riff. I forgot the riff. I'm pinging. I'm like, I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, I will. And like- I'm looking around, and like, my bass player is looking at me, going, 
what are you doing? I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, whose, whose idea was it to take MDMA on stage? I, <laughs> I don't even know what it was. Um, okay, it was just pills. Th- just, it it might have been pill. ec- ec- ecstasy or something. Okay, like, I don't right. know. Um, but, yeah, but what I mean is I, like, I personally choose not to look at moments like that in a regretful way. Yeah. Or I don't think, oh, I could have done that better or I could have been like, like, I always, I just see it as that's what happened. That's yeah, part sure. of the journey. Yeah, of that's, course, of course. It, everything happened the way it was going mm-hmm. to happen. I suppose it's almost going full circle back to your idea of a destiny, like a predetermined It had to happen thing. that way. It had to be that way. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it's yeah. not just, I don't see it as it had to be. It's just like, that's just the way it was. Mm. That's how the chips fell mm, on that exactly, night. Or, exactly, yeah, 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 I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, I don't want to sound too much like, oh, I regret. No, but it was. it's actually more of a positive thing than anything. I wish I went back and just, hey, lighten up a bit. Don't be mm. so serious about it. You but, know? but you, you, you know. use it as a, not a step, but like a stepping stone, a way to know your next move. Exactly. Yeah, I can't get to the next thing without having done that. So yes. it, it all yeah. had to happen, yeah. And so I, I, I do also see the value in that, yeah. Um, we missed out a very big one. You, do, do you think you can catch who you probably missed out in my lineup? And you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the last name on my Instagram handle? Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Carl Fox. Yeah. I can't, I totally, f- yeah. I've, yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know. Sometimes I just have big memory blanks where I just fucking forget half, <laughs> like two, three year chunks. But yeah, Carl Fox, big one. Carl, um, the whole, uh, the whole Frio Quarry Street. I remember, days. I remember those. Now, you know, I'm not sure if you went to a Quarry Street party with Carl and Alex in, yes. the, in the Frio house. I think there's a. And Annika was there. There's and some the, not incriminating the photos. Yeah. There's some photos of me and Nick there. Did you, have, you remember those photos? Yeah, uh, yes, been there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was a, yeah, real, real fun, real fun band. Probably out of the whole lineup, that was the most, I guess, fun. Where it, you're not taking anything what was super standard, seriously. Really yeah. tall, really tall guy. Alex was that Alex? Yeah, Alex, Alex Thorpe. Alex, yeah, Alex. Amazing, Thorpe. that's right. Yeah, yeah, amazing bass player. I always remember. Now I was felt. I always felt sort of self conscious in that scene because I was a metal guy, and I had my yeah, long, yeah, long yeah. dreadlocks, <laughs> and I was hanging out with with you and Nick. Yeah, but you were in that scene. It kind of like, but the, at the same time. Uh, I remember Carl, Alex, and all them being very welcoming. Like they yeah. were always nice. They never shunned me out. Like, oh, this guy with the dreadlocks, you know, what's no. he doing here? Like yeah, yeah, they yeah. always felt welcoming, and that's kind of why I suppose I've always felt like I've had a foot in both of these, in both of those scenes in the music. Two side. different worlds, but yeah, exactly. And it, it shows as well that we can coexist, being completely different people from mm. different styles. Yeah, like there is this middle weird middle ground yeah, where we can all yeah. hang out. Yeah, we're all at the back of what's that freaking club? Uh, uh, heat, not heat. The old heat nightclub. Um, uh, do you remember where heat nightclub used to be? The one up on S- Sterling Street, yeah, Aberdeen, where the Maccas is. Oh, um, the the one that was upstairs. Yeah, no, it had like oh, a, it the, had a top bar. The new vibe. 
No, was it new vibe? I'm trying to think of all these old yeah, venues yeah. that aren't around anymore. Yeah, come on. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a Heat Nightclub. New yeah. vibe. No. Yes, <laughs> I know the place. New vibe. Okay, New Vibe was a strip club in Northbridge on William Street. That was New Vibe, and Mark Co ran That's that. The one. Right? So, uh, but Shit. I'm talking the about Heat, uh, Heat was, which yes. is the had the double story. There used to be a lot of metal there at one stage, yes. right? That's that's where Seraphim used to play. That's yep. where Heat I, Nightclub, in yep. a moment played there. I know mm. the one because I passed out behind the sign at the front with security <laughs> laughing at me. Jägermeister uh, night after after John Mazardis and I drank a bottle of Jägermeister <laughs> that we bought from the Rosemount Hotel bottle store. Bottle walk drive through, drank it down past Hyde Park Hotel to the Heat nightclub. <laughs> Security's like, I'm not going to let you in. You smell like Jaeger. I'm like, what are you talking about? Ended up passing out. Of so, yes, I know the venue you're talking about. Oh, what a savage. Uh, but <laughs> you, rem- you remember that uh, the show that we did, I think it was a Carl Fox show. At that venue where we had a big party up the top. Yes. I think we played with a band called Miami Horror at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, <laughs> my goodness, the after parties we used to have where somehow 40 people are in the green room. Like, what the f- <laughs> It starts off, like, trickling through, like, oh, yeah, all right, cool, cool, that's the girlfriend. Of it. And then by the end of it, it's 40 people in the green room somehow smoking, doing shots. Half naked, like one that, and somehow it just escalates to that. And I felt really bad because I think the Miami horror guy was not in the mood for partying, but he had to, like, <laughs> he had to weave through all of us partying to pick up his bottle of Jack Daniels that was his rider. And he was like, I'm leaving now. And he just left. And you know it's bad when the support band is partying way harder than the fucking headliner. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I suppose the, the the local support doesn't have to get on a plane the next day. So <laughs> of course they're going to fuck. They just sli- in your case, you just sleep out the front of the venue, <laughs> yeah. right? In the car. In hometown advantage. Um, uh, my God. But no, we... we <sighs> that, and that's just like a small snapshot of the shit that we got up to. But I feel like... Um, I don't know. Like, I don't want to sound like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. But no, I'm trying to find those moments in other ways that are, you know, a bit he- mm, maybe mm. healthier and not not so not so taxing on the body. Because if I got as drunk as I did back in those days, now I wouldn't be here. I'd be like hungover in bed, you know, <laughs> like I'd be dead I, somewhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I I yeah, I got I got hammered a week or two ago. Yeah, on the on that Wednesday night, I lost a day and a half. Ooh, yeah. I lost an entire day and a half, and I just woke up going, well, "Why the fuck did I do that? Yeah, like why? Mm. Why did I put myself? I know, I know why I put myself through that. I was lonely. <laughs> well, so. there, there you go. No, there's, there, there, there usually always is a. You think you're getting to the root cause of it, but there's actually actually a root cause of the root cause. Mm, mm. It's like, oh, I drink too much. Okay, but why? Mm. Why are you drinking? Okay, oh, there's a root cause to that. Maybe I feel a bit alone oh then there's a, something behind that as well and then it all really comes down to uh a lot yeah, of different it, it, things that yeah. you never thought it would have been you know well like for, for me yeah yeah sorry yeah i was, I was gonna say, like like yes but it's yeah. not like i'm not aware of that of course of course yeah. that's the thing like I'm, I'm well aware of why i put myself through those certain situations yeah. and uh yeah, it's all it's all it's all healing i guess it's all slowly coming to terms and unpacking things, but yeah, but yeah, you're right. Like 
that was one of the biggest things um, about drinking was I didn't like how it took so much time from your future. Like if you have stuff to do tomorrow and then you, you blow that whole period and it's like, oh my God, if I only could get some of those hours back because mm. to do some washing or like do anything more yeah, productive, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. Now as an adult, you realize how precious hours are now. Like even one hour to do something is big now mm. or an hour to have dinner or an hour to unwind or an hour to unpack. I, you know? I constantly, I'm trying to think these days why... I, I, I wanted to go on a bit of a social media rant about drinking culture. And it's always been a big thing in, in, in Australia about the what drinking culture is. Mm. And I was trying to work out... The, I don't know if you ever remember as a younger or hearing people say almost in a joking way that oh, the best hangover cure is another beer. Right? Like, oh, feeling like shit in the morning from drinking too much, just you know, <laughs> have another beer. And it was kind of... But people would do that. Mm. People would go on a bender, wake up in the morning and just fucking grab a dirty mm. beer from the table and keep drinking. I did that. I yeah. did that a lot. And I, was, I think we both done that. And I look at that now and go, that is the dumbest fucking mm. thing. It is weird. just so weird how it terrible. Ta- it takes time to look back and think that, you know. Yeah. Because if you talk to me when I was 20, I'd be like... Yeah, you, yeah. You, well, I probably would still think it's dumb, but I would be so oblivious to how i would be doing it myself mm. you know what i mean it's, like so not self-aware of how i'm doing yeah it, it's know? it's something i when i was i was on a podcast with um jd the how i got tinnitus podcast shout out um about how when when we're younger so he he's a musician as well like mm. he was he grew up uh, as a musician kind of like like us you know wanted to just care carefree playing loud music and the idea that when you're younger in your younger years you feel this kind of invincibility when it comes to drinking, doing drugs, loud music, nothing can hurt you. Yep. So when you've got an older person saying to you, oh, you know, you should probably cut back on the drinks or you should probably turn the music down a little bit, you're like, fuck yeah, hmm. I'm invincible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you, you start realizing, oh, wait, maybe those people that are telling you to be careful have been through it and they're trying to like, like give you some good advice. Uh, that's why not to... Not to pull you up on it, but when you were saying, you know, I feel better than someone that doesn't smoke, they're still you, just maybe a few years back. And they're going to come <sighs> to your conclusion eventually, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, good, good, <laughs> good. That's why if they can If they can wake up and say they are better than someone else, fucking good. power that's, to you. That's why I think that I still think love is better than I'm better. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that um, <laughs> uh, uh, TED talk. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree that, um, yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things that is accepted in our culture. It's even worse the fact that it's accepted in our culture, especially being in Australia or I guess Western culture, I guess. Alcohol is very much still a present well, force that's always around. You okay, know, now this, this, this is something that I want to... I, I, I don't know if we should be close to wrapping it up or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this is the last thing I want to sort of bring up on this thing, but in the same way, a bit of a personal thing as well. Yeah. Um, we always... We always... We're, we're very different as well in terms of who we are as people. Yeah. I am... 
<laughs> we, <laughs> you're white and I'm black. All right. All right, let's get that out of All the right, way. Good, you said it, not me. Um, but in a, we always say in the way that. Uh, how do I put it? How do I put this? You had a, a long t- term of trying to avoid drinking or having this sort of. I think you were first like saying how you you don't need to drink or you're a bit sort of more careful about your drinking. Whereas I'm, I was a fucking tank, right? And I don't know, like, if you would agree where I'd sort of mentioned, well, there's definitely a term in terms of our physiology, our biology, our backgrounds, where, for example, my body might be a lot more, uh, I don't want to say immune, but more... More resilient. Resilient. Yeah, towards towards alcohol. alcohol. Um, In the way that I kind of use it to justify, well... I can, I'm going to get pissed and the fact that you choose not to, I'm not going to let that affect my decision to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to work if I had a point. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I suppose in the way that I look at it, like I'm right now I'm having that choice where I don't want to drink because I'm focused, there's certain things that I'm focusing on right now. Yeah. Whether yeah. it be study, getting my health back to a better position. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if a crew of good mates walk through the door right now mm-hmm. with like bottles of fucking whiskey and shit, I'd be like, let's fucking do it. Mm. Let's fucking line it up, do some shots and just not, but I don't see it as sinking down into the hole for me. Yeah. I see it as I, I find some comfort in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally see the merit in that and i think i do see your point how um for you it's less weight behind it to get drunk on a night compared to me you know do, do, like, you, do you think would you agree that that's a a factor or is that just me being uh, uh um, in denial maybe <laughs> That maybe you um, need to cut back. I was going to say a privileged white man, but um, <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's any of that. I really do think it's just come down, comes down to the individual's personal choice and what they what they feel they need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's a right or wrong specific way of going about dealing with this. You're yeah. dealing it within your way. Maybe it, it, dealing it in your way is to let loose, let mm. the Open the valve every now and again, right? I suppose, yeah, there's, but for me, because I'm insane, <laughs> right? It, the solution for me might be just be absent sometimes. Mm. That's the only way I can do it. Otherwise, I'm getting home at 4 a.m., you know, uh, writing my whole next day off and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to quantify what is... Mm. Yeah, what is what is right and what is the wrong way? I don't think there's any right or wrong way, but I, I see your point that maybe alcohol, maybe getting drunk spontaneously now, isn't that big of a deal. Like it doesn't carry the same weight as it would with me. Mm. And I, I think we're all um, dealing with with it in our own way. There's one thing though that we need to stop, and that's probably probably like interpreting what someone else is doing as oh I'm trying to preach that this is the way to do it you know what I'm saying yeah using someone else's someone else's thing as a measure of your own 
That too, that yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't want you looking at me not drinking or not going out, going, oh, that's what that's what he wants me to do, be like. Uh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It's no, literally no. what I'm doing to save myself. So mm. it's nothing to do with, like, I'm trying to set an example to not do anything. Like, no, no. It's, we're all dealing with it in our own way, I think. But um, And I'm thankful that I've come out pretty good because some people don't come out of the other side. Some people drink themselves into a tree and crap, like actually aren't here anymore. Some yeah, people have well, adi- some people have addiction problems and they don't come back from it, and that's it. That's way worse. So I, I also know to be grateful that I came out relatively scot free compared to some people in that industry. That well, I wouldn't say scot free. You know, You're wearing a grey collared shirt. <laughs> I become the man. <laughs> I am the man that I'm. I was fighting against all my teen years. I've become the man. <laughs> become my dad. Full circle, yeah. Full circle to the start of the podcast. But anyway, shall we wrap it? That was really good. Yeah, should we do this again? Yeah, I think we should do it every every now and again. We should have an episode where it's just therapy, reflect, reflect, a reflection episode. Nothing but reflection. Reflect. You like the? Re- I like that. <laughs> because sometimes I think because sometimes when we're in that other environment with a guest and the table and we're trying to be informative, we forget about humanizing oh who's on the table like yes how do you feel like how are you like we forget to even ask each other how is your week how are you feeling what are you learning and we just go straight into well, talking almost, about yeah, stuff it's almost like know? we're trying to over there we're trying to do a show yeah whereas here we're actually trying to communicate we're just connecting yeah that's it that's yeah. all it is and hopefully through us connecting the guests connect with us or they learn something maybe that they didn't know the fact that we're both psychopaths. <laughs> That's probably what they're going to learn. <laughs> Alcohol, addicted, alcoholic, uh, drug-addicted psychopaths. No, but, you know, I think it's all about, yeah, reflection. I think it'll be healthy to do one of these every now and again mm. to reflect. So yeah. if you have a question for Daryl, uh, hit us up on Instagram at Mission Control Podcast. Specifically for me? Why? Yeah, it's just for you. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Cool. Nice. Nice. Thanks for listening, guys. Mission Control Podcast. Woo, woo, woo.